0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Black Hole Radio presents Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness with your
0: hosts, Rudolph Muhammad the destruction. and Yusuf Muhammad. People get ready There's a train of coming You don't need no baggage You just get on top. All you need is faith to hear the demons calling Don't need no tickets, you just thank the Lord So people get ready for the train to join (laughs) I'm the more Jesus Christ, so people get ready, there's train don't need no baggage,
1: you just
0: get on right. all you need is faith. You
2: Peace and blessings, peace and blessings. In the name of the Most High God, the beneficent, the merciful, the compassionate, we thank Him. And we can never thank him enough for waking us up this morning and starting us along the way. We want to welcome our listening audience to another weekly edition to Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness, a program that wants you to become self-reliant and taking appropriate action in response to any emergency. We need you to survive as the gospel singer would sing. You know, uh, this program promotes awareness and engages in public outreach to inform, to educate and to train all people on how to best prepare for, respond to and recover from all emergencies. Our objective is to ensure that everyone has a reasonable working knowledge of disaster preparedness, and to help you to determine the best choices. In any emergency response to avert danger and to save lives. Our vision is that each individual citizen, including every capable man, woman, and child, understand their personal responsibility, and don't count me out, my personal responsibility, for the safety of themselves and myself, your family and my family, your neighbors, and my neighbors, and the overall well-being of the larger community. I am your co-host, Brother Yousef Mohammed, along with our dear brother, Brother Rudolph T. Mohammed. We just are elated that we have this opportunity to come before you as we do each and every Friday from 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We encourage you that if you've logged on to Blog talk Radio forward slash Black Hole Radio, whole spell W H O L E V A C P Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness, then we encourage you to get on your network and call your database, get on your database and call your network. And tell your people to call in at 563-999-3089. Again, 563-999-3089. I'm honored, first of all, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, to greet you with the greeting words of peace and paradise. We say it in the language of our ancestors. Assalamu alaikum.
3: Wa alaikum, salam, sir.
2: Thank you, Brother Rudolph. That simply means to those who may not be aware of that greeting, peace be unto you, and the return greeting is unto you be peace. And as we are taught, not only is it the language of our ancestors, but we're offering each other a prayer. And in times like these, critical hours like these, dark moments like these, we need all the prayer, all the sunshine. All the blessings we can get, and don't even worry about it, if your day is cloudy, we realize the sun still exists, 93 million miles away, above the clouds, so we're going to stay eternally grateful for breath, for life, for love. So, as I laid the base and offered you peace and blessings, it gives me great pleasure to turn the microphone over to our dear brother co-host, Rudolph T. Muhammad. The floor is yours, beloved.
3: Thank you, beloved. Beginning all things in the name of the one true God, that one that is responsible for your and my existence. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. He is called the grand architect of the universe because it was designed in his celestial mind and then brought forth into existence by a word from him. It is he who is responsible for our creation. And think of, think of that. As a good father would do to any of his children, he provided for us. Everything that we need in this existence before we even got here. You know, you think about the parents who are having their first child. And they have the baby shower and they give all the gifts and everything. Then she goes into labor and she goes to the hospital and they have the baby by God's grace. And the baby is fine. Now it's time to bring the baby home. So the father has already painted the baby's room, and put the crib together, and they cleaned and sanitized the house, and got everything ready to bring the baby into that ordered environment. Well, it was the same thing with God, Allah, as the Creator. He provided everything in this environment before he allowed us to be born into the world so that when we got here, everything we needed was already here. What can you say about a person who goes to that extent for your and my comfort other than they are a loving parent? Well, when you have a loving parent, it's respectful of you to be respectful to them and of them. And to show respect to them, what you are supposed to do is learn all you can about them so you can learn all you can about yourself. Secondly, you are to try and figure out, well, why did they bring me into existence? Why am I here? What am I here to do? And, you know, Scripture says, blessed is the man who who knows his reason for being here and is found doing it. Well, once you figure out why you were brought into existence or realize and understand what your gifts or your talent from your creator is, it's your job to master that gift so that you can be a blessing to humanity by serving humanity with the gift that was blessed to you from your creator. So that was all a tangent I got off on a tangent, Brother Yusuf. But the main thing is I just wanted to greet the family uh, of Muhammad, the well-wishers of Muhammad, uh, the supporters of Muhammad, and even the detractors that are on the line. Because even if you're a detractor, If you listen carefully with an open mind and don't have a jaundiced eye or a jaundiced heart, then you're going to have to agree with us by the end of this program that something that we said was a benefit to you because the creator that put us on this mission designed this for good, and our intentions are good, and so our follow-through has to be just as good because the entire design of this is to make sure that when you leave our program after 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, that you are one step closer to being prepared for yourself and your family than you were when you came to the program. So that means in this two-hour period, Brother Yusuf, we got to cover something that somebody did not know and give them a crystal clear understanding of it so that when they leave us they can go and tell somebody else about it and help somebody else to get on the road to preparedness. So in the Three great names of Allah who appeared to us in the person of Master Far and Muhammad, the Hon- most honorable Elijah Muhammad, and the honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. I greet everyone under the sound of my voice in the greeting words of peace and of paradise. of salam alaikum.
2: Wa alaikum salam, sir.
3: Thank you, sir. You know, the, uh, um, let me just get right to it and say this. You know, we're going through this heat wave everywhere on the planet. Uh, nobody is exempt from it. Um, and heat brings about its own category of or circumstances, especially when you have pre-existing conditions. Heat, causes people who already have cardiac-related incidences to stress out a little because you can't get comfortable in the heat, the air is thick, it's harder to breathe, and so you go into panic mode because you can't catch your breath. Heat for a person who suffers from hypertension or chronic high blood pressure stresses them out because with that pressure already being up then they're uncomfortable because of the exterior environment around them it brings about anxiety and causes other things to happen heat to a person with diabetes now they want to drink more because Of course, their throat is getting dry, they're feeling a little parched, they're getting dehydrated, so they want to drink more. But as you drink more, then you have to urinate more. As you urinate more, now you have to nourish yourself more because the constant urination is taking nutrition and nutrients out of the body, so it has to be replenished. And so as you eat and drink more, now you have to go more, and you create a vicious cycle of what's called the three P's, polydipsia, polyphasia, and polyuria, meaning eating, drinking, and urinating, more than normal, and which is a clear-cut sign of a diabetic related condition. But again, it's exacerbated by heat. So As we're going through these heat things, we also know that intense heat is a purifier. Well, you might be wondering, well, how is it a purifier if it's causing all of these conditions? Well, the conditions that you're going through weren't caused by the heat. They were caused by your and my disobedience to the instructions from God what disobedience? Mm -hmm. Eating one meal a day, okay? Eating one meal a day would help to cut out the excess in our weight, the excess in our elevated blood pressure, the excess in our elevated sugar, the excess in all of the negative categories that we're facing, because eating that one meal a day would help keep us on a good nutritional path that would help keep our weight down, which would keep the weight off of our skeletal structure, which means we wouldn't be carrying that much physical weight. So our bones wouldn't be feeling the aches and pains of the excess weight that we're carrying. So it's a vicious cycle, Brother Yusuf, that we go through. But what I want to do after you um, give some information is I want to do a little, uh, give a little information on the heart because as people in general, more and more as things are going, and the scripture says it, that, you know, in that day, which is this day that we're living in now, men's hearts would fail them because of fear. Well, yes, it'll fail you because of fear, but it's also going to fail you because things are going on with our hearts that we're not paying attention to, and we're ignoring the warning signs until it gets to the point where the heart just can't take it anymore, and it just stops. And then we have a major conundrum. So we'll talk about that a little later on in the program. Brother Yusuf. Oh, beautiful, Brother
2: Rudolph. Beautiful baseline assessment, brother, that you laid. So much came to my mind. For our listening audience that's not familiar with the book, How to Eat and Live from God in Person, Master Father Muhammad by the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad, uh, you can go to Final Call Store n o i dot o r g again final call f i n a l c a l l store s t o r e dot n o i dot org uh, to to purchase and learn more about these books books one and two by the most honorable Elijah Muhammad uh, it helps us as Brother Rudolph said with our God given immune system which is the best defense against COVID-19 or any comorbidity, as uh, Brother Rudolph explained. I, I'll quote the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, and I quote, if we eat the proper proper food and eat at the proper time, the food will keep us living for a long, long time, unquote. And as, as you know, while consistent listening audience know, we can't move forward without giving credit where credit is due. So whether it's scripture that you read or whether it's quotes of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad, the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan, or any subject matter expert, if you will, it's critical that we share what has been given to us to give to you and to give to us. And so a quote from the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, and our quote is, Those who are scripturally prepared to know that it is prophesied that we would be living in a time of wars and rumors of war, pestilence, famine, and earthquakes in diverse places. We are witnessing terrifying disasters afflicting the peoples of the world, and those disasters are now afflicting the United States of America. Believing that those prophecies will be fulfilled, it is our duty to learn as much as we can on disaster preparedness and do all we can to prepare the American people and our people in particular for coming disasters, unquote, by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Well, what does that have to do with Brother Rudolph talking about the heart and uh what the heat does in terms of anyone who might have hypertension, chronic high blood pressure, or diabetes, the three P's, the three polys, as he talked about the results of having that. Let us say this from the beginning, just as a disclaimer, you know, the, the this program and its services do not constitute the practice of medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment always talk to your health care provider for diagnosis and treatment, including your specific medical needs. If you have or suspect that you have a medical problem or condition, please contact a qualified health care professional immediately. If you are in the United States and experiencing a medical emergency, call 911. So, look, let's make it personal. I just recently uh, be examined by a new health care provider, as we talked about a few weeks ago, Brother Rudolph, here on this program about what we should consider. And so that particular morning, he said, my blood pressure registered high. And, you know, he's not really knowing me, and the first thing he wanted to do was prescribe medication to lower my blood pressure, but then he used the term, yeah, high blood pressure is oftentimes called the silent killer. I've heard that term before, but I had to stop him personally because, again, we were just getting to know one another, and I was, you know, my reply to him was, well, brother, is there, and this doctor happened to be from Nigeria, is there anything holistically I can do to lower my blood pressure? before you start offering me uh, prescription drugs, if you will, right off the bat. And we we continue to discuss that. But I was glad I went to the doctor, him giving me a baseline assessment of, you know, blood pressure, you know, the vital signs. And, of course, that uh, is the body mass index, the BMI, and, you know, the whole numbers that they register on that. So I just wanted to make sure, Everything was ticking right according to, you know, this first visit to this new doctor. And of course, he had to do what he had to do in order to satisfy the insurance companies, you know, make sure all his T's were crossed and I's were dotted. And then, you know, the medical, American Medical Association is, is real, for me, kind of different now. It's, it's, it's rapidly being like... They look to you as though you're just a number on the assembly line. That's right. Because I was having certain conversations with him, and he was candid. All of a sudden, I hear a knock on the door. He comes in, and he says, okay. So anyway, in the final analysis, I realized he had me on a timer. My time was up. That's what that knock on the door meant.
3: Right. right. Well, then what about my personal
2: health care? Right. Yeah. My message is on personal. <laughs> you know, <laughs> personal health care. You know <laughs> what I mean? But, uh, but uh, <laughs> the bottom line is what I'm saying is when you talked about the heart, and well, and inshallah, we'll have somebody who's actually going through a particular challenge right now. A, a dear friend of ours, our, our brother from yes, way sir. back, Four flash in the Cadillac. Brother That's T. right. Eddie Stevenson-Muhammad, who will be calling in shortly, but it's critically important that we lay the base that we lay lay because sometimes we we get so caught up in, well, disaster preparedness might be um, community involvement, yes, community investment, yes, community partnership, yes, for community risk reduction, yes, it's all of that. That won't mean a thing we understand the importance of self improvement being the right. basis for community development and we know as the minister has taught us the baseline of self improvement is self examination right. self analysis self prayer right. you know so i've been giving myself i've been giving myself you know daily Uh, 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 Blood pressure Readings and what not And you know my my thing To the doctor was of knowing what I know If you're using Those that you get From the drugstore how do you know That they're properly calibrated Right His his reply to me was Keep using the same one I'll be able to determine whether I said, okay, well, I'll do that. But, again, if it's not properly calculated, you know, sometimes it reads error. Sometimes it, it reads too high. Sometimes it reads too low. And so, uh, you know, this is I'm just sharing with our listening audience just my personal walk in the last, yes, say, 30 days or so or less than that. And then when our brother, who we know is in good shape, who we know, I mean, relatively speaking, uh, follows the dictate the dietary law of one meal a day, and all of us live, all of us, you know, that's between you and the law, as you said, brother Rudolph, in terms of our obedience to it. But then, you know, our dear brother found out, started becoming dizzy transported to the hospital, they determined that uh, his artery was clogged. And that was sort of silent. You know, he had just walked come from the gym. I don't know if he's in the studio as of yet. We want to yes, introduce sir. him properly. You on, Brother Eddie? Yes, sir.
3: I'm on, Brother. Praise, praise be to Allah. Oh, introduce to our listening Allah.
2: audience this young man who I've known since, as they used to say in the street, Brother Rudolph, four flats in the Cadillac. I've been knowing him for, you know, a few days now. Did you got any updates? That's, that's to come into yes, the, the Nation of Islam yes, the at nurse. the same time and to come into the fire department at the same time. So this man has been blessed to matriculate to become the chief. Oh,
0: so you're okay. Uh, of the fire department
2: in Mount Vernon.
0: Uh,
2: the, the position is deputy case. chief and
0: uh, okay.
2: he's actually, you know,
0: oh, our listening audience to... for the
2: consistent and constant listeners. You know our program okay. is live and in living color. That's so right. our brother That's had a,
3: right.
2: a few days ago. Thank a lot much that his health is improving, but we we thought it would be to your advantage, our listening audience, to hear from him, his testimony of what he went through a couple of days ago. Brother Eddie, if you have the opportunity to share with our listening audience, brother, the floor is yours.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you, Brother Joseph. First, I'd like to say assalamu alaikum to the listening audience. Wa alaikum salam. Alaikum I salam, salam I, thank Allah, sir. I thank Allah to be in the in the land of the living. Uh yes, have this what after what I have just experienced in the last few days. But before I get into it, I just want to uh, thank Brother Joseph, Brother Rudolph, Brother Forrest for the opportunity to be on your show. I know we, uh, you have been trying to get me on this show for, for a long, long time. But And I'm always... Our law works in mysterious but, ways. But right brother, we really didn't mean terrified. for you to go
2: ahead and have a heart attack, brother,
0: just to get on the show. You could. Yes, you
1: right that right, sacrifice, brother. That was a bit drastic.
0: <laughs> Yes,
1: sir. I'm in the hospital bed right now. I don't have any visitors,
0: so I got all the
1: time in the world. So... <laughs> but again, uh, hey, hey, yeah, brother, a pretty... brother Eddie, yes. brother yes, Eddie. Sir. yes, sir. So you said,
3: telling us that you're living the 23rd Psalm. He makes oh, yes, me yes, sir. to lie down yes, in green pastures."
1: Oh yes, sir, brother. Absolutely. Lord is my shepherd. That's right. Go ahead. <laughs> But but just let me yeah. tell my story real quick, cause um, I mean I, I think a lot, a lot of things that happened to us for a reason, um, and what happened to me, it, it was for a reason, and and the reason I I believe that what happened to me, and and I'm 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 fortunate to come out and still still be talking to you, and living, but there's many other brothers and sisters that uh, have that same condition right now that I'm, and, that I'm sure is listening and they don't even know it, okay, and I'll get into that. So what happened to me, uh, and, uh, again, I'm in relatively good health. I, I work out. I go to the gym at least three times a week. I'm on the treadmill. Um, even that day it happened. I was on the treadmill for 30 minutes on the incline. I worked out. Lift. I lift weights. I got into the sauna for 15 minutes, and then I, I left the gym. I um, went over to a health food store that's across the street from the gym to, you know, grab a little bite to eat. And when I walk into the store, I um, I start feeling a little lightheaded and and a little nausea. And I'm like, something ain't right, just not feeling good. So I, I walk out to the sauna and buy anything to eat. I'm looking at all the food. This is one of these stores but I got all the food laid out behind the glass, and I'm looking at everything, and nothing uh, seems appealing. I got a little nausea. I'm like, Man, I'm just getting out of here. I got to get some air, so I, and I'm, and I'm sweating. So I go outside, and my car, thank, uh, thankfully, my car was parked right across the street, and I was heading for my car, and I'm glad I didn't get into my car because it might have been a different uh, outcome, and I probably would have end up going home. But there was a there was a, a chair and a table right outside the store, and I said, "Let me just take a seat." I sat down in the chair and I'm, I'm putting my head down, holding my head because I'm a little dizzy. And one of the employees that I know in the store, she comes out. She said, "You all right, uh, Eddie?" You know, I know her. She gives me a hot uh, a paper towel, put on my on my head, with some cold water, give me some something to drink. I thought I was working out. She she's joking with me. She's like, "You know, you, you're too old to be working out now, like like that." She <laughs> yeah. used "You use need some electrolytes You know, take this water She put some, uh, she put some pink uh, Himalayan salt in the water She said, drink this, you know, you'll be fine And I started sipping on the, on the water And had the towel on my head And actually I started to feel better But by this time, I'm laying down on the ground Because I just felt like I needed to lay down So I'm, I'm outside the restaurant, laying on the ground and, and she's talking to me, and, we, and then she's cracking jokes and people walking by, and she's like, yeah, he just got too much to drink. That's all. Don't worry about him. He's good. <laughs> so, but something in my head is telling me, just say, right, call call a bus. You know, a bus is an ambulance. You know, the fire service, yeah. we call it a bus. So something's telling me, oh, just, just call the bus. So I get my phone out, and I call my dispatch. Now, I'm in the town over. I work in Mount Vernon. Pelham is the, the town over. I call them, I said, and I tell them, I said, look, send me a, a bus over here. I'm not feeling well. So they said, well, all right, we're going to send somebody. They sent the, the bus from the from the, Pelham, the town I was in. They get there. So while I'm waiting for the bus, uh, a guy that I work out at well, the gym that I go to, I see him from time to time, an elderly white guy who's about in his 70s. We have a small talk with each other. He just happens to be walking by. I saw him in the gym earlier that day when I was there. I had just left when he's coming out. He's going into the same health food store, and he sees me, you know, on the grounds. He's like, "Hey, you all right?" He said, "You know, I'm a doctor." I said, "No, nah, I didn't know." He said, "I said." He said, "What's wrong?" I said, "Well, I think I just overdid it at the gym today." So he's like, "All right," he said, "Well, you mind?" He said, "I'm a doctor. You mind if I if I stick around and when the, until the ambulance gets in and, and evaluate you?" He said, "Because we don't want to just jump to conclusions and think that's what it is. Let's rule everything." I said, "Sure, no, no problem." The paramedics get there, they come out, come out, they know I'm a fire chief, so they like, hey, chief, don't are we going to take care of you, great care of you, what's the matter? And I'm still saying, you know, I think I just overdid it at the gym, man. But it's all right, well, let's let's put you on the EKG, you know, make sure everything is all right, let's rule everything else out first. No problem. Put me on the EKG, and so him and the doctor, they, they reading and evaluating the EKG, and they talking amongst each other, and they pointing, and. The doctor comes over to me and he says, he says look, I'm going to talk to you like you were, if you were my old son. He said, he said your EKG, he said, I don't like what I'm seeing. He said, this, this is not from exercise. He said, you're having a, a cardiac episode. And he said, it's my advice that you get to the hospital immediately. So I was like, listen, you don't got to con- convince me. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. The EFD puts me in the, they put me in a bus. Yo, know, they he called the but he called the hospital. So he said, they looking at me. So the, the, the paramedic tells me he says uh, he said, I believe that you having some type of uh, ischemic uh, attack, ischemic attack, um, something doing with your with your with your heart. He said, I want to take you to Einstein Hospital in the Bronx. They have a a, a great unit there that deals with that. Um, and uh, I'm like man, let's go, man. Y'all in charge. So he calls it in. He, he, he calls the hospital. He says, I got a 55-year-old, uh, five chief from Mount Vernon coming in. With a, uh, you know, He's talking about my symptoms and what he has, what he thinks I have. Right. They tell him, what time you get in? He said, about 10, 15 minutes. He said, okay. They're waiting on me. So now they start putting IVs right in the bus. They got two IVs going into me. Um, I get right. to the hospital. He rolls me into the hospital. So when I get to the house, now, the Bronx hospitals are crowded. It looked like a wall zone in, inside the emergency room. But when I get, I got there, there was about two doctors and nurses waiting for me. And I, they roll me in, they, you know, they put me right to the side and, you know, into a little area. They start taking my shirt off. They start putting on, uh, uh, putting the uh, IVs on me. They they talking with the paramedic. He telling what what he thinks I got. They're giving me blood thinners. Sure enough, long story uh, short, I had a blockage in one of my arteries. So they they stabilized me. Now mindful, my, my I keep keep it in mind. I don't have any pain at all. Classic right. uh, signs of heart attack: uh, pain in your chest, pressure. People talking about it, you feel like somebody sitting on your chest. I had none of that. I just had a little uh, nausea and, and lightheadedness and, and sweaty. But something told me, yeah. you know, let's get this checked out. And when they got there, sure enough, that's what it was. They took me upstairs to the unit They gave me a cat, what do they call that, the uh, catheter, where they go right up in, through my groin. Yeah,
2: through um, your groin, uh,
1: yeah, yeah. And sure enough, uh, they said, so I'm awake the whole time, you know. I'm awake and do uh, local anesthesia, go right through your groin. I'm watching, I got two doctors working on me, and that was three or four nurses in the room. The doctor looks over. he tells me, he said, okay, we found a problem. He said, Yo, we have, you have one of your arteries to your, to your heart is 100% clogged. Wow. And then he said, he said, you're very lucky. He said, because it's the right coronary artery. He said, if it was the left coronary artery, he said, it'd be a whole different story. They call that yep, the widow. Yes, the main right. artery that brings blood to your heart is the left coronary right. artery. If that one gets clogged, and it stops like that. Basically, you're a dead man. It was the right, That's which right. I was very lucky. Um, they, they, he said, we're gonna we're gonna clear the uh, blockage and we're gonna put in a stent. All this is going on as, as we talk. You know, we talked. So the whole procedure took about, I would say, about an hour. They cleared the blockage, put a stent in. You know. Um, uh, stopped the bleeding uh and uh came me up to the i c u unit and I was in i c u and they monitored me with all types of uh you know i had leads and and wires coming all on both arms all over my chest and they monitored them for twenty four hours and um so I was up there for i c u and then they just sent me down to a, a regular floor last night but that's where i am now and um right now everything my 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 vitals look good. They gave me so much medication uh, to bring that they want to slow down your heart rate and stuff like that. So my blood pressure, well, like last night, was like ninety-nine over forty something. Wow! And uh, and my 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 pulse rate was only like forty-nine, where should be, you know, eighty or more. Yes, yeah, sir. So. Uh, but everything's coming back up now, you know they you know they taking my my battles and blood for me like every four hours they' coming, but I got nothing to complain about, thank a lot, that I'm still here, but uh um, yes, we all yes sir, but right. we all we all, and I want to share what happened because just like I walking around, and I'm saying, if you see me, everybody who knows me, they can't believe, it. they say, brother, Eddie had a heart attack, nobody can believe it, right. Mm-hmm. Because you know I'm not obese, you know I work out. I mean, and and we talked about how to eat to live. I'm not 100 percent on how to eat to live, but I eat. I try my best to eat, you know, good food. I don't eat fast yes, food. Sir. I don't eat, you know, McDonald's and Burger King. But and so now that I'm in the hospital talking to the different cardiologists and, the, you know, well I was just talking to one cardiologist, cardiologist, and he was saying how. He said, do you have a family history of cholesterol and all that? And I said, yes, I do in my family. He said, who? Well, my mother died at the age of 65 of a heart attack. My father died at the age of 61 of a heart attack. One of my older brothers died at 51 of a heart attack, and I had another brother died at 47 of a stroke. So we have a position of cholesterol that runs in our family. Right. So the... um, Doctor was explaining. He said, "You have some people who are absorb what do you call it. They they absorb cholesterol. Their bodies it doesn't affect them. Right. And then you have those that are non absorbers, where you could eat something, and-, and it'll just your body will just take it on, and you will you 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 know you'll have that high cholesterol. And I'm in that group, yeah. so I have to make sure like I eat clean. You know. I got to tell everybody now how to eat to live is law for me. You know." From now on, because it's really a matter of life and death on for real. Right, right.
3: Yes, sir. Now,
2: well, Brother Eddie, go ahead, Brother on.
3: Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I just want to thank you, first of all, Brother Eddie, for being so transparent with the family and sharing your experience, because I really believe that if we as black men, do more of this and are more transparent with what's going on with us, we can save more lives with each other and learn from uh, the, what's going on with each other, have to be as secretive, find something. What you're trying to hide, it's all going to come out anyway. Yes, sir. So, yes, sir. so it's as the Quran says, be examples of one another. So now what I wanted to ask you, I want to go back through these symptoms because a lot of times what happens where the heart is concerned, we do misdiagnose it ourselves or blow it off and, and, and think that it's something else. And part of that is denial, but part of it is just the fact we're not educated enough on the heart and how it works and what all the heart controls and the physiology of the heart, how it, how it affects the, the rest of our body and the part it plays with all of our other organs. The yes, sir. of the body to the engine of your car. And as long as it's functioning properly, you don't realize that there's other things going on. You don't care because the car is moving. But once the heart starts showing symptoms of things, we have to get right on them no, no matter how minor they may seem. So you said you were experiencing some dizziness. But you yes, attributed that to the fact that you had a hard workout and as the sister was making jokes with you, so maybe you were dehydrated. That's a right. normal, that's a normal conclusion that anybody would make toward uh, in that situation. But you see how you said that something in you was telling you that oh, that's not right. This that, This right. is not right. I I need to go. So that's accusing spirit, voice within us. Some people call it consciousness. The God, talking. he was talking to you. And had you silenced, it it, it would be a totally different outcome right now.
1: Oh, yes, sir. So one
3: of the, yes, sir, one thing is, and I go back to this, Brother Yusuf, I'm going to take your line. Or this time, one thing is to be spiritually in tune with your crea- with our Creator.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Spiritual,
3: <laughs> because well, we are make... spirit. Yes, sir.
1: No, go ahead. Go ahead.
3: Because we are spiritual beings in a physical body, is what moves us. Mm-hmm. us A chair chair is, is just a chair That's right It has no spirit in it It has no ability Even with four legs to move We are a body Of flesh and blood But without the spirit of God in us We don't have the ability to move So we have to be Spiritually in tune first Then we have to be In tune with the fact that Our body gives us signs and symptoms when something is wrong, and we have to be smart enough or aware enough of what's going on with our body to know that this is not right. I need to check check this thing out. So you had the dizziness. You had the nausea. Both of those are clear-cut signs and symptoms of, a cardiac related issue. The right. um, the dizziness. Yes, sir. The dizziness is because you're you're not getting enough oxygen rich blood up into the brain, and you can't be because you had a hundred percent blockage on the right side. So you mm-hmm. know you couldn't be getting. The right amount of oxygen Rich blood circulating through Your body because it wasn't Going back into the heart Hmm. So you just Kept pumping out and at a certain Point what was going to happen was There wasn't going to be anything left to Pump out because nothing was returning So uh, Again so the Nausea the Dizziness The sweating Sweating. Sweating. Well, some of it was sweating, but it was actually diaphoresis. And what diaphoresis is, that's a chemical sweat. That's a cold sweat. That's a chemical reaction going on within the body that's causing the body to release fluid through the skin, but it's not there because you're overheated it's because there's a chemical reaction taking place because of your biology or chemistry that's going on right now. So that's another clear-cut sign of cardiac uh, condition. So, see, we get the signs, but because we are not really astute enough or in tune to the heart, Realize that they are signs. Brother Yusuf, you can go ahead. I just wanted to, you know, just a bring that point up.
1: Let me just add something before Brother Yusuf goes, if you don't mind. Yes, sir. So Brother so Rudolph, I mean you're right on you're right on it. Um again, that that voice in my head said this ain't right. I called and um I'm gonna tell you when I when I told my doctor, my personal doctor, when I called him I told him what happened. And I went through the whole story. I I told him I went, I called and I went to the the hospital. And he said, Ed, he said, I'm so happy you did that. And you you didn't waste time. You didn't go home. He said, you said you did two things. He said, you saved your heart. He said, you probably saved your life. Now, what what did he mean by saving my heart? Okay, so Allah, and, and I thank Allah. So they cleared the blockage. And when they did the test, I had zero damage to my heart. If I would have waited, home been a lot, a lot and, and get waited for the chest pains to start, well, those chest pains are, or your heart muscle dying for so lack of That's oxygen. That's right.
0: Okay, That's so right,
1: so now you rush to the hospital. They, you may not die, but they'll clear the blockage. But now your heart might be at fifty percent. Exactly. That's okay? right. So so I have I have zero uh, damage to my heart. Nothing, because why? I took... Prom Allahu Allah Allahu Akbar. <inaudible> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So you... That's you right. Allahu
3: Akbar. Akbar
1: yes, Beautiful. Sir. That's why <inaudible> I did
2: him talk, brother Eddie, because you're the chief of the fire department, and he's training the trainer as a paramedic, all nationally uh, certified. What, what do I have to say, brother? I, I'm listening to <laughs> two subjects, experts, brother. And uh, y'all know, you know, Inside Joke family, they call me the logistics chief. You know what I mean? And so since the ambulance in the box got you from Pella, brother, to the hospital, you know, uh, uh, Einstein, brother, my job was done, brother. My job was done. I just, you know, on the low. I don't appreciate you, brother Eddie, blaming your wife for feeding you as she has fed you, brother, for what you're going
1: through right now. <laughs> so that's inside
0: girl. Don't talk about it. Hey, He's just talking. <laughs> my, hey, my wife is in the day,
1: so, so the doctors come in, and the cardiologist comes here today the day to talk to me. You know, they give me the spiel. So when they come in, my wife is here. So uh, she, she gets up, like she going to leave. They say, oh, you know do No, stay here. It's very important that you're here. Just because, you know, you got to take care of the husband. They don't like to listen and listen. He's going on, so you got to make sure he does the right thing and all that. I said, well, she's a nurse, you know. He's like, yeah, well, that's even better. You got to listen to her. So he's going in uh, on me. I said, well, I said, well, she's the one to bring all the fattening food in the
2: house.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible. You
2: leave my dear sister Carmen alone. <laughs> right.
0: That's you got. deeply. you!
2: I see he you. told you. But, you know, we're making light of something that was said earlier. This is what I do want to add to the conversation about your family history. You were both transparent and candid of it, right, as you're speaking to the doctor. But we as the listening audience, all of us on the line, need to understand the significance of charting your family health. You know, some health conditions have a tendency to run in families, as you stated, Brother Eddie, including uh, the heart, prostate, and breast cancer. It's important to track the history of your family's health in order to determine your own health risk by tracking the health of your parents, your siblings, and other relatives with a family medical treat, you and your healthcare provider have, useful, have a useful tool to help track disease patterns, such as, as you talked about, uh, the cholesterol, the heart, prostate cancer, or breast cancer. You know, according to uh, 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 prostate cancer, uh, high-risk men may wish to begin yearly screening at the age of 40 or earlier. You know, breast cancer in women, you know, again, a family history of breast cancer is one of the risk factors. And breast cancer in men, approximately 2,000 men are diagnosed with breast cancer each year. So in creating, uh, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, uh, your family medical tree, some helpful hints to get started in creating your own family medical tree, is maybe you want to interview all your relatives, including your immediate family, parents if they're still living, siblings, and grandparents, those who still have grandparents still living. You also want to work back as many generations as possible. You don't want to forget to include birth dates, and cause of death, you want to record general health habits, such as smoking, and uh, you know, I guess you can go either to your doctor or you can look up online what a, a pedicle, uh, excuse me a family medical tree looks like where you're in the middle and you have uh, you know the date of birth, the gender, the general health of your siblings, then your mother and your mother's side, your father's and your father's side, so forth and so on. Go back as far as you can go, and that might help you because, again, as you said, Brother Rudolph, in listening to Brother Eddie's testimony, you know, some things were happening where, on the normal, you're thinking, okay, well, you know, the sweating, the nausea, and 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 the light is just something normal. I just got out the gym in the sauna, but it ended up being something else. So, as you know, we're a solutions-based program here on disaster awareness for community preparedness, and uh, we wanted to offer that uh, for consideration for our listening audience. Um, we're at uh, 4.54 Eastern Standard Time p.m. We just exhausted the first hour. We're thankful to our dear brother. Brother Eddie Stevenson Muhammad for coming on and testifying from his hospital bed. Brother Eddie, we don't want to keep you, brother, and tax you any longer than you have to be taxed. You know,
0: we know you're right, brother.
2: Okay. We got somebody calling in. Welcome to Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. To whom are we speaking and how may we serve you? Yes, brother, I didn't call in, but I'm just here. This for the forest. You know, this subject matter. Is near and dear to my own heart, no pun intended. Um, but mm-hmm. for those who don't know, Brother Chief uh, Eddie Bahabit has been putting on health fairs in the Edenwall projects all over the upper North Bronx and Westchester. He's out there in the community doing the damn thing. I'm so uh, happy that Allah really gave him an ideal condition for the worst case scenario. You know, he's been talking to a man who's a doctor. He didn't know he was a doctor. He got uh, enough common sense not to get behind that will. So Brother Eddie, Allah's got his hand on you. Thank you. But I want to talk to Brother Eddie and, and to Brother Rudolph and Brother Youssef about what do we do to prevent some of these things and getting to this to critical mass? Because I've been at critical mass. Brother Eddie's been at critical mass. Uh, we have some other believers that I know that I'm going to uh, be calling them, but the eighty-two personally, we need to do uh, um, a conversation via paper that we put out every month, you know, on the on the interweb to talk about heart conditions, medications, and side effects. But one thing I noticed with myself, brother, and my journey is that. A lot of our brothers and sisters don't even have PCPs, and I say PCP, and some people scratch it in the head. What does that mean? Primary care physicians. And then on top of not having primary care physicians, this means that we're not getting a full body workup every year, or at least twice a year. And when I say a full body workout um, uh, checkup, that means EKGs, echocardiograms, all the things. And I'm and I'm not talking waiting until we're forty. Uh, my disease of my heart is prevalent and my family has killed six of my family members. It wasn't until it got yes, to sir. me that my mother told me the truth. It wasn't until it got to me that my mother told me the truth. Oh yeah, your grandfather your my father died of it,
3: your, your father's father died of it, your father died of it, your mom's mm-hmm. sister died of it. I like, whoa, 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 what happened to the family yeah. history? When, when you was you going to tell me when I was twenty one? <laughs>
2: yeah. Now I'm on the operating room table You're going to lay down the whole history That I could have been working on not doing certain things Not eating certain things Absolutely. That will uh, uh, exacerbate my pre-existing condition from birth So Brother, right. Joe, Brother Eddie, go ahead and talk about. us I know Brother Eddie is also into prevention cause He's been trying to help the community uh, Get on uh, being in, in, uh, in the know
1: of good health Oh, yes, sir. Well, buddy, you we made an a, a, a absolute great point. We have to have our physicals, right, every year. But uh, let, let me tell you, I don't take a physical every year. I just took a physical two months ago and got a perfect EKG. It was perfect. Now, I've always had my cholesterol always run, was running high, but I'm one of, those, one of those men, particularly black men. I don't like to take medication, and most of us, a lot of us, are like. So what what happens? I always tell my doctor. My doctor, you know, he works with me. He knows that that's how I am. So if my cholesterol comes out high, I say, look, doc, let me, let me work on my diet, let me do a little exercise, lose five pounds, or whatever. Um, you know, retest me and give me sixty days, ninety days, to retest me, and that's usually what happens. And I I get it on. I I, I do things that I need to do, start doing some herbs and just things. He retested me, and the cholesterol comes down, okay? So he said, all right, keep that up. Now, what happens? I start going back to eating, you know, things that I shouldn't be eating. And I'm one of those people like you, brother, as far as my family history, we are just supposed to to, to cholesterol. We we, We don't absorb it. We want an old non-absorbers so it really affects them i know that now one day i told my doctor i said and, and he told me he said he said ed hey, okay why don't you want to take the medication i said no, listen i just don't trust this medication and stuff like that he's okay, i understand that he said but let me tell you what the uh, alternative he said you don't take it you you, you got your, your, your cholesterol like this and that he said you're going to have a heart heart attack man. that's what's going to be that's going to be what's going to add. And seven years ago, and I'm in a and I'm in a hospital bed now, heart attack. All right, so we we and now today, one of the doctors, another cardiologist, because you know, they come to your bedside and talking to you, you want to know. About and this is a teaching hospital I'm in, so the cardi- cardiologist two or three or four other doctors and they they questioning you. And the doctor told me today, he said, he said, let me tell you something. He said, you know who dies of heart, uh, of heart disease today that don't know they have it? He said, because the advancements that we have made with, with, uh, with medicines and procedures, he said, if you know you have it, there's all kinds of things that you can do to prevent you from having a heart attack or stroke or, you know, sudden death. He said, but those that, for those who know, they, they get treatment and, and they can live a long time. They have medications and stuff, but if you don't know, or you're one like, like me, well, listen, I know I'm good. I think I'm good. I'm, I'm strong. I can do 50 push-ups. I'm pull-up. I'm good. I'm on the treadmill. I never get any pain in my in my chest. So I'm feeling bad. I ain't never wrong with my heart. And look what happened. So we have to really pay attention uh and go to your doctor. Find somebody that, that you trust. If you have a problem, you may have to get on that medication until you can get that under control before something happens. Right now, guess what? I'm taking about five different medications. They're they breaking the hands. Yes, no, that, and I'm not saying oh, I ain't taking that. I'm I'm swallowing those pills because it's a matter yes, of, of life and death right now. I got They got to give me the blood thinners and all those things to okay. make sure anything is working properly. But yes, that's the most important thing. How do we prevent it? You know, pay attention. Cholesterol levels. If you got high cholesterol, you're not doing anything about it, then you have a ticking time bomb inside your body. It's an, it's not a, a matter of if it's just when. Same with uh, with high blood pressure. If you wanna do something about it, it's gonna it's gonna get you. That's what That's right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And brother Eddie, my, my, I want to
2: add to the conversation for the listening audience. I've heard some crazy things as I've traveled through the community, even in my own family. And one of the craziest things I've heard is that uh, we're not going to talk about that because we're not going to call it into existence. You know, this, this is how people thinking. Uh, I'm not going to talk about heart right. disease. I'm not going to talk about cancer. Cause I don't. Call, uh, it's it's. As Brother Eddie was just saying so eloquently, it's diet. It's what we put in our mouths. It's, it's that's what we got to talk about. It you know, um, there's certain foods that my family can't eat anymore. You know, I'm, as I study more, like eggs. Eggs exacerbate the heart. My family already has a preexisting, uh, uh, a preexisting uh condition di- to heart disease. So eggs is out of the question. There's a lot of different things that we got to talk about that may not pertain to brother Eddie as it pertains to me or pertain to brother Rudolph as it pertains to Brother Youssef, but the conversations are worth having so we can get the best possible diet and the number one gotta stop doing is eating processed foods. The processed
0: foods, the
2: red dye the red dye number forty, the all the stuff they put in the chips and all the stuff that we love to eat.
3: Right.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we, we we gotta hone in on our diet um, I, don't, I don't even call it a diet. we got to hone in on how we live. You know, as the book says how to eat to live, we got to make sure that we're eating the right foods that are alive, that would keep us alive, you know. My first right. my first cardiac incident where I died was eating a potato chip.
0: <laughs>
2: uh, Can you imagine? Right. I it would have it been, been on my Tuesday, but the far as Mohammed <laughs> fought, a hundred battles, won all of them, but Lay's potato chips, took them out.
3: <laughs> took them out. In.
2: Hey,
1: listen, hey, I right. always said about
0: Lay's.
1: What <laughs> are Lay's potato chips on the die for? They always said that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> They'll lay you down that night. They'll lay you down. Down uh, <laughs> goes
2: Smallest. Down goes Smallest.
0: Oh, <laughs>
1: man. Listen, I just want to say this. We have the divine prescription, and that is how to eat to live. And, you know, that's right. recently, the Honorable Minister Lewis Farrakhan, he said that was law, right, in the nation of Islam. And somebody asked the question, yes, well, what, what happens if you don't do it? He said, if you don't do it, death, that, that's what's going to happen. You know, that's the consequences of that. And he wasted no time
0: saying it. Either. Right.
1: He said, that's true. it's not that Allah's punishing you, Allah's going to kill you. It's, they have been po- they have poisoned everything out here. The water is poisoned. Even the vegetables, the GMO vegetables the things. You might think you're eating good but you're not getting the organic vegetables you yourself. It's poison you eat it. So we not having a long interval between our, our meals and we're not fasting three days three days out of the out, out of the month like we like we instructed to do that we fall victim to all. So, you know, this is a big, big wake up call for me. You know, like I said, I'm gonna uh, how to eat to live is not even uh, Am I going to do it Am I not going to do it it's, it's a, it's, Right now It's, a, it's, it's life and death for me And everything I put in my mouth well, Before I put it in my mouth I'm going to say to myself Is this killing me Or is this adding life to me And if it's a piece right. of fried chicken That I know is killing me wow. and That tastes good I'm, a, I'm not going to have that And yeah, that's just sure. well, it's, it's, it's serious out here You know this is this is really life and death we gotta really discipline ourselves with what we put in our
0: mouth. It's interesting. We you know, should talk know.
2: about the uh food being poisoned too, brother Eddie, because um uh, there's a documentary on Netflix and it's called Poison. And it speaks to even you know, it, it spoke to the uh bacteria outbreaks in the past twenty years, you might remember, uh 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 some children being they got e coli from eating hamburgers out at uh jack in the box in seattle and then Correct. and then there was a uh i don't know spinach e coli outbreak and, yep and 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 so and, let, uh, and the
3: lettuce the romaine
2: lettuce and what yeah. they found out was that also most of these callbacks from these um vegetable manufacturers was as a result of where they plant these vegetables they have livestock right next to it feces from the livestock after all the, the cows and all the livestock are shot up with all these drugs were getting into the soil where the vegetables were being grown and so you know once that bacteria that e coli plants, then you have what you have. So, um, not that I'm, we promote Netflix uh, because they took the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan off of Netflix. But I just wanted to share with you, if you get a chance to see the documentary Poison, that's something that uh, bears witness to, to to what we just said. Yes, sir. So, so, Well, brothers and sisters, we want to encourage you that if you want to call in at uh, 563-999-3089, you certainly can call in and join in on the conversation. Uh, brother Eddie, we don't want to take you any longer than you need to be on, brother. We thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule. As Brother Rudolph said, don't be so drastic <laughs> next time just to get on the show, brother, as a guest. brother. Right. You, you, you can come, come on the
1: show. <laughs> get ready, Eddie. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, thank you for having me, brother, and, and uh, thank you for doing what you do, and uh, I will definitely be getting on more often. So, so I love well, thank you, you beloved. Yes, I love
3: you and appreciate you for what you do, brother.
1: Oh, thank you, brother. Yes, sir. Likewise. You
2: know Alima and Ayani can't wait to get a kiss when they pop pop. So, oh, man, I can't wait to kiss them
1: with (laughs) a That's right.
2: So you can be discharged, brother. Give the family the
1: greetings. We love you, brother. I love y'all too, man. Salam alaikum. Salam alaikum. Good Brother Rudolph, Brother Youssef.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Before y'all move on, I just want to add this to the conversation, brother. Uh, brother Rudolph and I, and the three of us have talked about this before, but every, everybody who's listening today, if you have any, you've been, you've been with your, who, who, who's washing dishes? <laughs> is that Brother Rudolph washing dishes while we're doing the show? I, I think so. Now, you know, you're, know you're you know it is. You oh, know it is. Brother Rudolph, <laughs> brother Rudolph can you, I know you got three jobs, brother, but can you tell, can you tell Miguel that you will come back to watch the dishes in a few minutes. I know you're working at Taco Bell right now. Hey, hold on for watching the dishes, man. I'm on the radio. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, oh,
2: my God. And brothers, what going to do is record our conversations behind the scene and make that into a comedy show. So anyway, uh, I was going to say, brothers, um, the listening audience, I don't care if you're 18, 16, 66, 96, you've been walking with your body as long as you've been alive. You, the moment that you feel that something's not right, out of the norm, get you behind to the doctor or to the emergency room, especially if you feel something wrong in your chest because the heart is it. I mean, yeah, the brain is the master, but the brain, the brain has two functions. It's going to keep itself going and it's going to keep the heart going. But the heart keeps the brain going. So if you don't, if you mess up your heart and you have a massive stroke, you, you're going to be, there's many ways to die. I don't think you want to die that way. We're going to die. We're all going to die. But there's, there's a, my grandma used to tell me, you can tell a lot about a person, how they live, according to the way they die. And I've seen some horrific deaths in the last uh, 36 months. People hooked up to machines, looking like I thought I was a mechanic shop. You know, all kinds of uh, blood, mm-hmm. blood, blood, uh, Cleansing machine. I see one brother. I'm not going to say his name, but may man be pleased with him. But he was on a blood cleansing machine, a heart machine, a kidney machine, and a liver machine simultaneously. You had you had to wear a hard hat to come into his uh, uh, ICU. Room. It was just like mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't even know how he could sleep because it was just noise. There's not, that's not the way a law intended for us to die. Just so, you, just according to how the messenger described to us. We're supposed to die with our families sitting around us, and we say goodbye, and we, and we fade off to the next, uh, we make our transition. Not hooked to a thousand machines. And all this can be stopped by us taking care of ourselves and listening to our body as it talks to us as we move around daily, you know? And that, that's my piece. I want to say y'all continue on the great show you're having. I'm going back into the, uh, to the listening room and listen. Thank you, brothers. No, well, we thank you, Brother Forrest, for calling in, Brother, and sharing your expertise that's right and your your yes, experience sir. because you've always been candid as well and transparent with your personal experience, brother, and the fact that you you are always concerned about what you shared uh with us, whether it was the um, the heart condition uh sensitivity we should have, the medications or the side effects, brother. We, we thank a lot for you and your family for for um, even in the midst of what you've experienced in terms of your, you know, comorbidities or pre-existing health conditions. You come on every Friday, brother, or your wonderful wife or your family, you know, engineer this program, and brother. It doesn't go unnoticed, brother. You know, for me, and, Brother Rudolph, we know your contribution to Black Hole Radio, brother, is priceless, brother. It's, it's priceless. So That's right. Yes, sir. We, we we thank you for coming in and chiming in. and You know, as you know, too, I'm just the logistics chief. So once you, Brother Rudolph, and Brother Eddie start dialoguing, I'm just making sure, you know, too many not too many pots are clinging back there in Brother Rudolph's kitchen. You know what I mean? So... Anyway, brothers and sisters, I mean it's so much. Hey, to hey, look, think,
0: look, I got hey, hey, I got to get this work done before my
2: wife at home, brother. <laughs> well, we know we know about the honeydew list. It's good to know the honey's still on the moon, brother. It's good to know the honey's right. still on the moon. But, brother, right. sisters, yes, so much as occurring, You know, whether it's your personal health, whether it's, uh, I mean, if I just flip through. The uh, news reports that we send each other in the last two weeks, say beginning in August, one of the uh, articles was concerned about COVID still being around this summer. And I don't know where you are, but uh, I, I attended a family reunion of 150 people about two weeks ago, and out of that 25 people left there and realized they had COVID. So. You know, word to the wise, is sufficient. Then when we talk about uh, NASA, NASA lost contact with Voyager 2 spacecraft after an antenna accident. Now, we don't know what's really going on over our heads, but guess what? Something is going on over our heads. Before this uh, massive fire in Maui, Hawaii, don't forget, there were massive fires burning in California and Nevada. And see, that wind creates what they call fire worlds.
3: Right.
2: R-L-S. So it's not just he the fire, it. but the fire and the wind. And these are, you know, the, 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 the mainstream media, they'll say Mother Nature. But if you follow the etymology of Mother Nature, you can go back to the uh, uh, writings on the pyramids. They call it the Medunetra. That's where they got it from. Metra means the writings of God. So we don't believe in no mystery God, family. All these conditions, they might say is, um El Nino and what else they call that thing that we should be aware of uh the weather conditions uh, i i don't know but yeah the board was, came was, off. Uh,
3: they come up with yeah, all yeah. everything to, to to deny the existence of the god being at work
2: that's right who made rain hail snow and earthquakes and then brother right. rudolph i sent you a thing a couple of weeks ago about a cyber attack that disrupted yes, sir. the hospital computer systems across the country closing yes sir uh er's Right. Uh, what happens when cyber attacks disrupt hospital computer systems? This is the time <laughs> we're living in. Now, Brother Eddie was talking about uh, his health, but he used the term we often use here on disaster awareness for community preparedness. He said it's not a matter of if, oh, it's yeah. just a matter of when. And so we're right. it onto those trailers that you Used to see in the movie theaters before the main feature came on, and they said coming to a city near you soon, and that's what we saying. Whether cyber attacks in hospitals or NASA antennas or COVID not going anywhere, and then this was this was a this was a blotch on the EMT system, brother Rudolph. You may or may not be able to relate to it, but. A uh, EMT oh, was arrested yes, for stealing yes, money from an undercover yes, investigator posing as a patient. Does that go on in these buses, in these boxes? Well, i, I, I mean, Brother, that
0: and some know. more
3: goes on. They, they, Good God from heaven. Yeah, well, yeah, that, you know. And some more. I, look, look. I'm going to say, I, I'm going to use this opportunity to throw, to put my political hat on now and throw this in there. Man, they need to pay them to be better so they don't have to go out here stealing when they're trying to save your life, you and my life. You know, it's a no shame that people are taking orders at fast food restaurants, making more than the people who, when you call 911, you're expecting them to come and save your relative. All right? Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 I'm done with that. I'm done, I'm
2: done okay. with that. Okay. We're going to move right along. I understand. I hear you loud and clear, and I think our listening audience does as well. And then, of course, you know what's happening in Maui, Hawaii. They called it apocalyptic. That's a spiritual term. People jumping into the ocean to see wildfires. Trying to get away from the fire. Uh, Last week, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, as we speak, the death toll over there is 55. You know, certain residents, if they still have their homes, they're allowed to return. But you're talking about 1,000 and more properties destroyed over there. So, yeah, that sounds like apocalyptic. But then, look, we were talking about mob attacks and police brutality off the air before we came on. But however you look at it, the latest report is that in the United States, there are two mass shootings per day this year. Not one per day. Two per day according to this report. So a lot is going on brothers and sisters. Word to the wise is sufficient. We thank our listening audience for staying with us. Uh disaster preparedness is critically important. Uh we, we we some of us may have seen the video of uh the incident that occurred in Montgomery, Alabama on the docks.
0: Yeah, the go
2: I just found it interesting that it occurred right after the International Training Conference where those of us who were blessed to either attend or know about the curriculum that uh, Brother Grandmaster Abdul Aziz Muhammad and his wonderful wife, Sister Aziza, uh, put on for the Nation of Islam and anyone who wanted to register and attend to defend themselves. Look, brothers and sisters, it's on and cracking. I just wanted to share a little rundown chronologically of what you may or may not have heard about. And uh, we know only mainstream media is going to provide or produce whatever they're going to provide or produce because they're up under the auspices of billionaires who control the media. We're just up under the auspices, thank Allah the all wise True and living God of father Muhammad and the most honorable Elijah Muhammad and we pray a lot that their perfect helper the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan is pleased with us as we try to get to you like with the final call news with views you can use. Brother Rudolph
3: Yes sir beloved yes sir my God my God you know I, I I was going to not say anything about what happened in Montgomery, Alabama. However, however, uh, you know, I can't let it pass. I can't let it pass. You know, so a lot of people have a lot of different um, viewpoints on the reality of what transpired, you know. Here's the reality of what transpired, all right? Some people took an opportunity to try and um, exert their privileged position over someone who they felt did not have a privileged position. Now, the man was just doing his job. He was only doing his job when he was sucker punched and accosted by these cowards. And it just so happens that people saw it and responded appropriately to the threat. And that's exactly what happened. Now, you could pick it apart and, and, and go to the individual instances and pick out what you want, but that's what happened. And they just adhered to the instruction and moved the boat, none of them. Let's look at the part the side of it. The part of the side was it brought about a sense of humanity, to a people who are divided, and who are divided by their open enemy. So the enemy of my enemy is my friend kicked in. And I'm going to just prepare just what you talked about? This is why you need to train, family. To be trained how to protect and defend yourself and your family because it's coming, coming to a city near you. You never know what day and what time and what place it's gonna pop off where your physical physical life is going to be threatened by people who, for whatever the reason, just feel like they do what they think they can do, how are you going to be able to respond to it? And, and how would you respond and if you saw someone else? That's the major question. Because we see, this goes on every day. Although this time there were people videoing it. Some people put them cameras and went and got involved. And more of
0: that is what
3: needs to happen in our community than with some of the tragedies
0: in our community.
2: Brother Rudolph, you're coming in broken up, beloved. I don't know where you are. It's your reception, your transmission
3: but is uh, that was uh, choppy. Yeah, I was okay. I was on my. Uh, that was my my Bluetooth. All right, so. Uh,
2: no, brother, that it's that dishwater, brother. <laughs> we just lost, brother Rudolph. Brother, you so continue on, brother. Yes, sir. Well, I, I just picked up where I believe we left off, and we have to understand that. Even in the Holy Quran, which is the book of the Muslims and it verifies the truth that's in the Bible, it speaks to retaliation being prescribed, particularly if you're in the right. We're taught never to be the aggressor, but should we be aggressed upon, then we call on the God and we do what we're born to do or what we're trained to do. Number one, you have to have some knowledge of how to defend yourself. That's critically important. That's disaster awareness for community preparedness. Number two, you have to be at some level of physical shape to be able to do what you've been trained to do. i never forget Brother Fars where one of the brothers talked about if something jumped off two blocks away, from the mosque down at the Apollo theater. And we had to go down there and do what we born and trained to do. But for the brothers who were out of shape, once we got down there, what we going to say to our enemy, hold up, let let us catch our breath.
3: Hold up. Wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) No, that can't
2: happen. So even though there was a silent condition that, uh by law's grace and mercy revealed itself with brother Eddie. He was working out. Treadmill. He was lifting light weights. And uh he said he's about fifty five years young if I heard him correctly. Right I'm right. about ten I'm about ten years his senior. So you know I gotta make sure I'm right. I just can't let nothing you know, we got granddaughters, man. We got, you know, our sons might not be around to help us out. And with That's a wicked right. world like this today, you know, I I, I feel for our people, man, because uh, they're not preparing themselves, generally speaking. And you know, I don't know, you know, what your opinion is about, you know, weapons and whatnot, guns and whatnot. But you know, if you're not around it, then then what? You can say what you're trained to do with those, but remember, there's always something bigger out there, and it uh, just may come an opportunity where you you can have all the weaponry in the world, but that you know. I'll just leave it at that. I'll just leave it at that. I'll say yeah, something yeah. about I wasn't going. I wasn't going to get into any particulars either about that incident in Montgomery because the reality is even though what I did see, it was bits and pieces, so far be it for me to even speak on it. My wife shared with me, you know, her perception of what happened, and there were various people from various angles videotaping it on their phone, but by the time I wanted to see the incident, I went to YouTube. Take it down. Yeah. 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 The only thing that kept up was the, the ones that were, you know. With
3: you know, the memes and stuff on, on it, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I said, well, I just fall back. I knew it occurred because everybody talking about it, and I just see bits and pieces of, of what happened. But far be it for me to analyze it because I didn't see the whole thing from beginning to end. And, of course, as I said earlier, mainstream media controlled by billionaires. That's why we thank a lot of uh, my brother. Black Hole Radio. My brother go ahead, brother. You can check out Roland Martin's uh uh ver uh analyzation of the event. He has most of the footage. I saw it from beginning to end, brother. And as they say in the hood, they got what their hand called for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I just wanna I mean, give a big up to Aquaman. Aquaman See, Aquaman is black.
0: That's
2: right. (laughs) As a a, a championship swimmer that I used to be, his stroke was a little off, but the brother's young and he had a lot of energy because he wasted a lot of energy getting across the water, but he got across, and he put in some work.
3: And not just got across when he got out to take care of it. Yeah, I said, he put in work
2: when he got out, brother. And not only that, <laughs> yes, for those who don't swim, if you've never been swimming before, when you jump in the water with all your clothes on, everything begins to weigh 10 times right. more because it's taking on water. So not only did he swim right. across, he pulled himself onto the dock uh, and jumped out like like he had just jumped out of a, out of the sandbox. You know, so,
3: <laughs> hey, I, I, loved
2: it. I loved it, though. Right. I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I love the restraint <laughs> that the restraint that the brothers showed. The brothers showed a lot of restraint and not hitting the women. But I love how the sisters came to the brothers' aid and said, "Oh, we got Ooh.
3: we got the women. Y'all, y'all doing the men." <laughs> so, I was, I'm I'm was sorry, just getting to me. say that. <laughs> no, no, but you, at, and brother Forrest, you right on. And see again, if we pick this thing apart with the critical eye, it shows unity across the board because our sisters had our brothers backs. They say you ain't got to hit them, we got them. Y'all take care of them. You know, and, and so some people could say, man, you're glorifying violence. No, that wasn't violence. The violence was the initial act perpetrated caused the snowball to start rolling down the hill. That was the violence. Everything that came brother, after brother, that was justified.
2: Brother. brother yes sir. And Brother Youssef, it is ironic through the the annals of history. When white people attack black people, uh, uh, they're justified or it's something legal. But when black people defend themselves, it's violence. No. It's violence. The man that they attacked was not a security guard. He was the first chief doc advisor. He was in charge of the doc. He was... 65 right. years old. They, these young, mm-hmm. drunk white boys attacked this 65-year-old man. And he put in some work, too. And oh, when he got man, there, he put in the, some work. Brothers, I was proud of brothers him. Got, when the brothers got those four white go- dudes off of him, he took off his shirt and put in some more work. Uh, brother was He wasn't <laughs> having it. So it was a good showing of what the message taught us. He said our unity was the key to our success. Mm-hmm. And of course, brother, Yusuf, the, the white man is not going to keep our victories uh, on the air, and let us uh, let black people see uh, a, a successful victory. They're not going to do it. Yeah, no, no, they're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what you call cognitive dissonance. They can't stand that. They're not going to let that happen. They can't. Even, they, by nature, they just can't stand that. No, can't let the truth. Yeah, no. Nah. Right, right. Uh, yeah, however, no.
3: brother, no. brother
2: Yusuf, brother, brother, brother Rudolph, I'm sorry to be such a great part of your show today, but you hit two subjects that that <laughs> <And, and> I very <laughs> dear, dear to my heart. Because brother Rudolph and brother Yusuf, y'all know, I will not walk away from a good battle. You know, I I have a hard time walking away from a good battle.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Never known you do
0: that, sir. <laughs> All like faces, Vernon John said.
2: That's right. Brother, all I can tell you is that the people in that fight, the black people in that fight, had to be direct descendants from the people who walked with Martin Luther King across the Montgomery Bridge. That's all I can tell you, yes, brother. They was, they,
0: they, they <laughs> was getting, payback, right. They, they
2: would getting, getting some payback for the, for, for the dogs being sicked on people, for the bombs being blown up, for the uh, four girls killed in the church, for everything, brother. They was, brother... Brothers came out of the sky. They just started to float down from the sky, brother. They just...
3: Uh,
2: yes, sir. Brother, no, you're right, brother. The white, boys tried, the white boys got in the boat. They, was getting, they thought it was getting away, but three brothers came up and said, uh-uh-uh, uh, it's not over. They got on the boat. <laughs> right.
3: Nah, uh-uh, you ain't getting away that easy. Nah. Bring your brother over here. Yeah. Yeah, man. However, brother, I
2: wish I wish everybody in that video, all the brothers and sisters, would visit their local Muhammad's Mas- uh, mosque Muhammad and ask who is the chief trainer for brothers and sisters in martial arts and go visit that dojo.
3: Please, get That's some right. training,
2: as brother mm-hmm. was saying. Get some training. I saw some wasted mm-hmm. energy, but, however, I can't complain because it was unified and... It was just unified. That's all I want to say, because I don't, I don't want to get put out of the nation, because I think the minister asked us not to say too much about it.
3: <laughs> right. Right. I'm not saying – yeah. I'm going to keep my comment. I saw right, a lot of direct pressure to stop bleeding. I saw a lot of splinting to, to, to help immobilize uh, situations. And I saw a lot of safety maneuvers being used to help situation.
2: That's right. Well, you know, I want to add the quote by Maya Angelou, if I may, and I quote, "You might not be able to control all the events that happen to you, but you can choose not to be reduced by them unquote." That's Maya Angelou. I think that sums up what we saw. I also in a nutshell. think yeah, I also think in what you have gotten today from my dear brother, brother Keith Eddie Stevenson Muhammad testifying of his recent health challenge. And uh as critical as it was, we thank Allah that he had the strength to come on and the spirit right. to come on and the wherewithal to come on to be transparent and candid. And so this is what we promote here at Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness week That's in right. and week out. We say get informed. We say make a plan. We say develop a survival kit. Right. And we say periodically reassess your plan and your kit, whether it's a go bag, whether it's your health and your uh, health care provider relationships, or whether it's self-defense. All of this has to do with disaster awareness for community preparedness. And as we enter into the last 20 minutes of this week's program, we encourage anyone to call in and to ask questions and learn all about yourself, to you call in and to add on to the beauty of what we've discussed but thus far. We, none of us here, Afraid of having Courageous conversation So we encourage you To call in And uh, offer any questions Comments or constructive Criticisms that you might have Lastly uh, You know when We talked about With Brother Eddie's case He talked about his family history And Brother uh, Brother, Brother Forrest Bore witness to it that he found out as a result of you know him going through a critical analysis and health challenge, that was on the physical side of things. I found out, too, Brother Forrest, on the mental health side of things when we were trying to get my son's uh, balance back. May I be pleased with Brother Dion Jamal. And the doctor said, well, what's your family history of mental health? And uh, my wife and I looked at each other like baffled, like perplexed. We don't know. So my wife said, facetiously, but she said it for real. He said, all I know is my side of my family, my uncles all get drunk. In other words, alcoholism was their thing to, to, to heal the trauma mentally they were going through. She said, that's all I can say about my family. So I get on the phone and call my mother, and, you know, you can't pick your parents, right? But a lot of my parents and my mother's side of the family, they doctors, lawyers, Indian chiefs. They teachers, educators, quote, unquote, the uh, bourgeoisie of that time. So I'm saying, well, Mom, like, yo, what's up? Anybody, you know, experiencing any uh, mental health issues? Now, I know I have a aunt, her youngest sister, that had what they told us when we were younger. She had a nervous breakdown when she was in high school. So we knew of her change because it was just so chronic and different. But the rest of them, aunts, uncles, she said, yeah, all of them is on some kind of psychotropic medication. I'm like, huh? She said, oh, yeah. And she ran the roll down. Like you, brother Fogg, I had to find out my family medical history on the mental side, as you did on the physical side. Whether it was, uh, you know, heart or, or cholesterol or cancer, whatever it is, you know, let's 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 tune in. Let's get informed about our family, you know, medical situation. Let's make a plan if we can after we get informed about it. Let's develop a survival kit. Learn how to eat to live. Work out, train, and then periodically reassess your plan and your kit. So uh we're at 541 uh, Eastern Standard Time PM. I'ma hand it back over to our dear brother, brother Rudolph, and because brother, brother we're large guidance. Go ahead, brother Farrell. Brother, brother Youssef, you hit you hit another vein in my family, brother. It's called the family wound you know that mm-hmm. dr joyce the group if you if a the group not joyce joy j o y the group i think it's d e g r u y uh she she talks she's she's a uh, one of the foremost proponents for this theorem theory if mm-hmm. we had come out of slavery in two thousand twenty three in the present condition of of the world, all our ancestors would have gotten some type of intervention. All that mm-hmm. pain from slavery was never, ever addressed. So it's been passed down through the generations. Some of our uh, mm-hmm. family can handle it and get over it, and then you, com- you, you compound that with the state of the world today, and some of our family members cannot handle it. This is mm-hmm. a family wound that we have in the black community worldwide because we've been born in trauma. You know, you, you don't sure. know realize whether you moved from New York City to where you live at now, I don't want to tell everybody where you live at, but I guarantee you saw a vast difference on how you move about because you don't have to be so much on edge. Because you don't live mm-hmm. in a in the fast pace of New York City. You know. Brother brother Rudolph, mm-hmm. everybody know where he lives at. He decided to leave Brooklyn to go to some place more intense. <laughs> so he doesn't Huh?
0: No, I just like Okay.
2: But brother, what what happened to our brother it happened in my family. This there you know, one of my aunts tried to kill herself. You know? Three mm-hmm. children, three beautiful children. She tried to kill herself. She couldn't take it, but she she overcame. You know, the heart condition got her, but she had she had some another one of my aunts was raped at five years old. She didn't overcome mm-hmm. she went to the bottle. This is this is prevalent in the black community where we don't talk about it. We don't We sure. really talk about anything else but mental health in the black community. You know, right. It's a taboo subject. Brother. Brother. Right. I have very close relatives. If I said something right now about them, they will strike me down and hit me in the head with a brick. But they have mental illness. It is not just your family, brother. My family suffers from it uh, in a big way because we never address it because it is like brother Rudolph just says taboo subject so we, we pray for all our family members in the black diaspora that's going through it and we got to figure out a way to get them help as soon as possible
0: yes
3: sir that's true
0: that's, that's right true. Brother. and you know what
3: we we have to do a show on mental illness um and bring some on that have workable solutions or um technique that the family can use to help work through some of the uh situations that they're going through
2: yes it's a myriad of, of of issues and 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 variables when you talk about mental health and as you talk about logistics uh brother Forrest, from new york to detroit and i'm in the southeastern area of Virginia, you see, I can throw a stone and hit Jamestown, Virginia. And so even though the pace might be slower as it it relates to the pace in New York and Detroit, you know, when I came down here, brother, I, I looked at brothers in their face, brother, and it looked like they just got off the slave ship, brother. And this is 2016, 2017, 2023. And then when they open their mouth and they tell me of their nurturing in this area, brother, brother, say, I just did. I haven't met a brother yet pretty much, brothers, that, that hadn't done less than 15 years, brother. And I'm talking about just for a nickel bag. Like, huh? 15 to 25, 25 like. For what? Brothers are caught up in the prison industrial complex. That's just an extension of the slave ship, born in sin and shaped in iniquity. Uh, Sister Dr. Joy Grew causes the um, post-traumatic slave disorder. And so even my own parents who were from this area, as we used to say in the street, if you looked at her melanin, you would say she was uh, light, bright, and damn near white. It's old. You know, I yellowed. So it wasn't until I became, again, an adult. I'm sitting around the table with my aunts, all of them like that, in terms of their complexion. And they told me of their grandmother who was raped by a white man. Never said nothing to nobody until a certain point. And I was like, what? I mean, I know, generally speaking, that took place in the enslavement process, but I was wondering at that time, why y'all wait till I get in my 20s, my 30s, damn near 40 to tell me that. He's in fort, but yeah, all that's trauma, brother. All that's trauma, brother. And that's all up in our DNA, brother. That's why I thank Allah for the most honorable Elijah Muhammad and the honorable minister Louis Farrakhan that the God would come and ask us the question, the original man. And then teach us of, uh, you know, I was up in New York, brothers, last weekend, and I got a chance to hear. We say he's younger than us, Brother Diamond, Student Minister Diamond Muhammad, teach at Muhammad Mosque Number Seven. You know what the subject was? The Lost Found Asiatic pass. But well, what what would we know about that were it not for the God coming? Raising the most honorable Elijah Muhammad and the honorable Minister. I mean, you talk about disaster prepared a survival kit. I, I was with a young brother earlier, and I, I'm gonna get off of it. But he was proud. He was young brother, proud. He, very intelligent young brother, 15 years old. Got a lot going for himself. So, and he believes in uh, following his family tree in terms of genealogy. So he says Riverside was Jamaican, Liberian. Ah. Our our features are uh, very much African, very much African. But he also went on to say in his research that he had German in his family. And I was just saying to myself, see, you know, this world got our people so twisted up that, you know, when the God said original. That knocked out all that other stuff, man. I mean, it's good to know, but all that other stuff, as we know, is, is just confusing as hell to keep our people right. away from the knowledge itself and the knowledge of the all-wise True and living God. So, yeah, Brother Farris, you're right. We do, we do need to study uh, uh, about that trauma we've been through. And, Brother Rudolph, you are right. We do need to recruit and, and appeal to some of these subject matter experts that can do something about it. So I'm going to get up off of it, and, Brother Rudolph, let you carry us further into the program as we enter into the last 10
3: minutes. Well, in these last 10 minutes, I'm going to take five of them, Brother Yusuf, and we're going to talk about the heart. Let's do this crash course on the anatomy of the heart. Okay, first of all, the heart is a muscle, and you know, like any other muscle, You have to use it or you lose it. The heart operates off of what's called automaticity, meaning you won't do anything to cause your heart to beat. It was set that way from birth, and it will continue that way unless you do something to interrupt it until death. The heart is divided into two sides, left side and right side. The left side of the heart is filled with clean or oxygenated blood. The right side of the heart is filled with deoxygenated or, for lack of a better term, dirty blood. The heart is also divided into four chambers, two, two atria and two ventricles. Atrium are simply holding containers. If you lived in one of them big houses down in Georgia and people came to visit you, you'd be up on the balcony talking to them from the balcony as they walked into the atrium of the house. It's just a room that you can use to hold things. The chambers below the atrium are called ventricles. The left ventricle is called the workhorse of the heart because it's not the only chamber that does work, but it is the hardest working chamber of the heart. It pumps the blood from the heart throughout the litany of arteries, arterioles, and capillaries, throughout the body. So, um, now you know it's a muscle. It has two sides, and it has four chambers. The upper chambers are atrium, which just hold blood, dirty or clean, and the bottom chambers, ventricles, move the blood. The The left ventricle forces the blood throughout the body. The right ventricle forces the blood through the pulmonary artery, into the lungs to go down into the bottom of the lungs to be reoxygenated to come back in to get pumped throughout the body every chamber has its function that it does within the ventricle itself is the pacemaker of the heart and it's set to have the heart beating at between well, for the for the average adult heart, anywhere between sixty and one hundred beats per minute can be normal for that individual. Now, <clears throat> in most texts that you read or you talk to most um, professionals, they'll tell you if. Really, 60 to 80 beats per minute is considered normal. Anything above 80 is considered to be moving toward what they call tachycardia or fast heartbeat. But again, depending on person's history, anywhere between 60 and 100 can be normal for that individual. Anything less than 60 is called what they call bradycardia or a slow heartbeat. But that pacemaker is designed to fire off regularly unless it's interrupted. If something happens to the pacemaker of the heart, which is called the sinoatrial node, then there's a backup node called the atrioventricular. And now it kicks off and starts firing off, and it will cause the heart to beat anywhere between 40 and 60 beats per minute, able to help sustain life. The heart operates off of electricity. We have electricity in our bodies. That's why there's so much about shocking a person when they're in cardiac arrest or attaching the defibrillator to give them that shock in order to jump-start the heart, similar to jump-starting a dead car battery. So I just wanted to throw that out there, Brother Yusuf, really quickly just to give people a basic anatomy of the heart. Last thing is the heart has three layers, the epicardium, which is the outer layer, the Myocardium, which is the heart muscle, endocardium, is the inner And if you – it causes pressure on the heart, which then affects the ability of the heart to beat the way it needs to or to pump blood sufficiently throughout the body. So I just wanted to throw that out there, Brother Yusuf. Um, uh, and maybe at another time we'll go further into the heart muscle and we'll talk about certain heart illnesses and diseases and the signs and symptoms of them, and we'll have a subject matter expert or cardiologist on the line to talk about this thing and talk about how we can navigate through them. Brother Yusuf.
2: Yes, sir. Brother Rudolph, thank you so much, brother, for sharing that. The uh, physical, the anatomy, the kinesiology, the structure of the heart. And I think I want to close out with the symbolism of the heart. I'll never forget our dear sister, Sister Minister Abel Muhammad. May Allah be pleased with her.
0: She yeah, said sure. when you
2: go into the etymology of the heart, it means one having courage. And when you talk about the symbolism of the heart as it's identified as the center of the entire body, it is also the seat of life or emotion or reason or will, W-I-L-L, or intellect or purpose or the mind. When you look into many religions, it has to do with truth, conscience, and moral courage, whether it's thought, the divine center, or the third eye of wisdom. The heart is considered the diamond of purity and essence and the center of understanding. In other religions, it's the seat of emotion, the mind, referring to the anatomical organ. I believe that's why the most honorable Elijah Muhammad said it's not just how to eat to live the foods that you eat, but it's also your thoughts that help you to live. You know, in the, to be that the heart uh uh um, like a child's heart a mother's heart was the seat of emotion thought and will and intention and so i just wanted to add on to the societal and cultural uh definition of heart because you know back in the day when a brother would take on say like um David and Goliath in the Bible. You say, brother, right. David had some heart. Yeah, you know I mean, right. when you when you had to go toe and blow for blow with a brother who may have had a reputation of being uh, a physically fit and larger than you, and you were smaller. But if you had to go toe to toe, you had to rely on some heart. And then when you did what you were born to do, brother said, "Oh man, that little brother got heart." You right. See? Yes, sir. So I just say that to say to connect the dots, family, let us be cognizant of our physical hearts, the blood, the atriums, ventricles, but also let us be cognizant of our societal hearts as it relates to symbolism and our culture, our standard of behavior. All of this is going to be critically important, to keep our scales balanced, if you will. You got to have heart, and you got to use your mind in conjunction with your heart in order to be the best human being you can be. And so this is what we want to offer you uh, this week on disaster awareness for community preparedness, whether you're talking about the physical heart or the metaphysical heart, Were you're talking about the metaphorical meanings of mind, intention, or core. All of these things are super important as it relates to your human cognition, your consciousness, your spirit. And so it's 6 o'clock. I'm out of here. We thank you, family, for tuning in this week. We look forward to serving you next week, same time, same station. And even with these few words shared by me and we, I guess it's still the way it used to be. The strength of a nation is its family And real freedom is Responsibility The ability to respond Legitimately by any means Necessary Thank you for tuning in To another weekly edition of Disaster Awareness For Community Preparedness As-salamu alaykum.
0: Peace well, I, have salam, sir. I can I have